The Buckeyes get the job done in Indianapolis and win the Big Ten Championship. But in the end, Urban Meyer, this will be his last game. And they get they get snubbed in the college football playoff. We'll talk about that. BG has a new football coach. We'll talk about that. Very excited to dive into that tonight. And how about Northern Illinois getting the job done against Buffalo? We'll have a discussion on that. The NFL and the LOL Lions again get destroyed by the Rams. While the Browns become the typical Browns yet again. And the Jackets have an impressive November and are struggling here in December. While the fish continue to keep on swimming. We've been off for a week. Last time I talked to you was a two, the week of Thanksgiving, Tuesday. A lot to get into tonight on All Andy Alfred. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. 24 runs in the span of the Shut out. Gambino! Hit to a home run! Yes, me. Choo choo, it's time for All Andy Alfred. And after a full week off, I, it's glad to say. You guys, and welcome in to this Tuesday, the 4th of December, 2018 edition of All Andy Alfred, right here on the Anchor Network. And that's either you're listening to me on the plethora of platforms, whether it be iTunes, thank you for listening tonight, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, Stitcher, however you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me tonight. And today, or whenever you're listening to me, thank you. Thank you so very much for tuning into the program tonight. And you can always be a part of the show by going onto our Twitter account. That's right. We have a Twitter account. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred. So welcome in to this show this evening. Got a lot to get into tonight, of course. We've been off since the fourth week of fourth week of November 2018. It was Thanksgiving week. We were off. Uh, we did the show on the 20th. Uh, we were scheduled to do a show that Friday. We decided not to do one. We're catching a little bit more of that Black Friday shopping, of course, that was ha- took, taking place. And, of course, uh, last week we didn't get a chance to do a show. I didn't get a, You didn't get to hear my opinion on Ohio State versus Michigan. Let me just say... First and foremost, before we begin tonight, absolutely a tale of two games. Absolutely a tale of two games, in my opinion, before we get to this Big Ten championship game. A tale of two games in the standpoint of absolute domination by Ohio State in the second half of this football, the second half of that football game against Michigan. And it shows you, it shows you, it shows you. That that Michigan played cupcake teams. They weren't the best defense in all of the country. They weren't the best qual. They had the not the best quality game against Ohio State. 
They did not. They did not have a good game against Ohio State. They were shut down from start from the from the start of the second half all the way to the end of the game. Ohio State, in my opinion, and I'm going to just say this to you, Ohio State fans. You guys have played this year with the mantra of with the mantra of now. Don't don't hate me for this. I'm I'm, I'm just going to tell you straight up. You guys have been playing to the competition that you're playing against. Maryland, that's a perfect example for that. Purdue, perfect example of that. Um, Nebraska, great example about that. So they never got into the swing of things. They got into the swing of things in the Michigan game in the second half. That's when they turned on the Jets. That's when they had the opportunities. And they capitalized. Absolutely capitalized. So Ohio State beating Michigan, putting up 63 points. The most points between the two teams in the history of the rivalry game. Or as they call it, the game. Didn't come as a shock to me because of how good Ohio State was. And how dominant they were. In the second half of a football, second half of that game. Absolutely dominant. And then, so they win, and we've already talked about Northwestern winning their game, winning out, and becoming the West champion. Ohio State winning the East. They matched up this past weekend in Indianapolis, and let me just say, again, again, Ohio State played to the talent that they were playing against. They let Northwestern in this game, countless, countless, countless amount of times. Interceptions, fumbles, bad plays, bad reads. And Ohio State, and we'll get to the college football playoff here in just a second. To me, Ohio State needed to win. Needed to win this game, and they needed to honestly destroy their opponent. Honestly, destroy their opponent. Had to at least put up at least 40 to 50 points and let the goal differential, the points differential, be more than 20. Be more than 20 points because of how close that Oklahoma Texas game was. And we'll get to that in just a second. How close that game was because how good Oklahoma is. If Ohio State wanted to get into the playoff, they had to put up a lot of points, and they didn't. They did not put enough points on the board. They barely put enough points on the board to survive against Northwestern. Barely. Barely getting by Northwestern. And the the key thing, the key thing is, they put up 45 points on Northwestern, but Northwestern put 24. So, again, I, I, I'll say it again. Ohio State played to Northwestern. Looking at it, Haskins, 34 for 41, 499, five touchdowns, one interception in the game. Dobbins, 17 carries, 66 yards, one TD. Mike Weber, 17 touches, 51 yards. Dixon, seven catches, 129, one TD. 
Olive, six, five catches, 79 yards, one TD. McLaurin, three catches, 78 yards, two TDs. J.K. Dobbins, four catches, 50 yards, one TD. Northwestern, Thorson looked pretty good, 27 for 44, one touchdown, two interceptions. That cost them the game against Ohio State. Bolton, the fourth, four touches, 76 yards, one TD in the game. Browser was the key for them. 13 touches for 60 yards in the game. McGrown, four catches, 50 yards, no TDs. Fister, three catches, 33 yards in the game, no TDs. Green, four catches, 26 yards, one TD in the game. So Ohio State gets the 45, the 24 win over Northwestern. That's great to see. Absolutely great to see. So like I said, before I dove into the breakdown of the Big Ten game, they have to win and be winning by more than 20 points. They put up 21. But the committee did not see it that way. And I tell you this, the committee got it right. The committee got it right. And if you Ohio State fans, and I know you're going to all razz me for this. Well, where's Michigan State playing? Oh, where's Bowling Green playing? Oh, where's this playing? Where's the... Look. Do you really want to go up against Alabama? Do you want to go up against Clemson and get absolutely destroyed? Because there's no way that Notre Dame was going to make, make two or three. Plays. Notre Dame wasn't going to move up in the rankings. They were going to be three all the way. Three all the way. But 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 plain and simple is this: the committee got it right for the final four teams. They did, and I have been a big component of saying this: this 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 college football playoff should be an eight-team playoff system. Eight teams. Eight teams. Four games. Four down to two. Two down to one. Eight teams. The top eight teams. Look at it. Look at it this way. If it was that way, Alabama would be the number one overall seed. They would play the number eighth seed overall, and that is UCF. And every UCF fan would get their opportunity to finally say, let's play Bama. Okay? Two would play, let's be Clemson, would be playing Michigan. So all you Wolverine fans would get the opportunity to see if it's possible. And then you get the dream matchup for everybody here in Northwest Ohio. You get the third-ranked team in the country, which would be the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, playing the sixth-ranked team, Ohio State. And the 4-5 would be a great matchup, Oklahoma versus Georgia. Six, if you do the top eight, it should be the top eight. And then you're going to say, well, you get snubbed, blah, 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 blah. And you get the Power Five conferences, blah, 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 blah. True. The Power Five conferences have a controlling factor in who makes the playoffs. That's five positions. But then you figure if you get three teams, three teams on the outside of those Power Five conferences, or let's say you have a great Michigan team, or you have a, a the Georgia team that's great as well. 
you give them an opportunity. That's what we're seeing now with the NHL with these teams and two wild card spots in each conference instead of one wild card spot and one division. I don't know. I, I the committee got it right in the top four teams. And Ohio State's going to get a good bowl game. They're really going to get a good bowl game. And they're playing Washington, the Huskies, in Pasadena. I would not be complaining about that if I was a Buckeye fan. Playing Washington, who's 10-3, and and you are 12-1, and yeah, I'd definitely take that. Especially how bad you know Washington looked against Utah. I'd gladly take Washington. Gladly take Washington. But here's the final standings. Like I said before, top four teams, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma. And I agree with all those. So Alabama will play Oklahoma. Notre Dame will play Clemson. That's going to be a good, I think it's going to be a good, Oklahoma and Alabama will be probably the better of the two games because you have a power conference Juggernaut in Alabama being the number one team in the country playing against Oklahoma team that's surging as of late and getting the retribution, beating Texas in the Big 12 championship game. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And then you got Clemson with Dabo playing against Brian Kelly. You have an ACC matchup between the two ACC teams. And, yes, I said two ACC teams. I know Notre Dame is a... Independent, but they play a lot of games against ACC opponents. Boston College, they play Florida State, they play Pitt. So they could be an A. I call them an ACC team. So two ACC teams going at it. So we'll see. We will absolutely see. But the big story of the day, big story of the day is this. Coming out this morning, and that's Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer announcing that the Rose Bowl will be his last game as head coach of the Ohio State University. I had two thoughts when that happened. One, I knew it was gonna. I I knew he was gonna leave. I knew he was going to leave because of the factor that his health is declining. You could tell it's declining. He doesn't yell. He doesn't wear the headset as much anymore because of that pressure inside of his head. So he doesn't wear the headset as much. Um, number two, you know, you take care of your health and take care of your family before you take care of, before you take care of you know, the players on the field. You care about your, take care of yourself. And, you know, if it's anything with the brain, that's, that's, see ya. That's, that's it. That's it for me. You know? I would walk away in a heartbeat if I was, if I was doing this podcast and I had a brain tumor. Knock on wood, it doesn't really happen. I would, you know, I'd be, you know, I'd be worried. I would I would not do the podcast. Put the pressure on it. But of course, the show must go on. So Ryan Day will be the new head coach 
of the Ohio State starting next season. He also was the head coach for the first three games of Urban Meyer's suspension. And look what they did. Beat TCU and beat two jump teams. So recruiting is going to be key for Ryan Day. You know, and and I'm going to hear from you Michigan fans, well, no, this year we're going to be we're going to play Ohio State and we're going to win some football. We're going to win the football game. We're going to do the job. We're going to get the job done. It's going to be fantastic. I'm going to tell you right now, hold the phone. Hold the phone right now. Because there is a rumor swirling. And I don't believe in rumors. Uh, and I'll tell you why here in just a little bit. But there's a rumor saying that he wants to go back to the NFL. If that is the case, there is one job that I think that he would take. And that's the Green Bay job. He looks up to Vince Lombardi so much. I would think it would be possible that Jim Harbaugh could take the Green Bay job. He could take the Green Bay job since McCarthy is gone as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. He wants to go back to the NFL. It's not working out for Michigan. Now, remember, they've got another year. They got it. This is his contract year. It's coming up on Michigan. He's 0-4 against Ohio State. You don't mean to tell me that the boosters are, are asking to step up to the plate and do, do the job. Because I would. I did it with Jake's. And look where that got me. Gone. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But how about speaking of Mike Jenks and diving into the whole college football spectrum? We're, this is a long first segment, and I, I I I do apologize. I do apologize. It's being a long long segment, but it's been a week since I've talked to you. Actually, over two weeks since I talked to you. How about the end of the season for Bowling Green getting absolutely destroyed by Buffalo? Pelini, of course, nothing that he could do about it. The the team was just outplayed by Buffalo. Buffalo winning the MAC East, playing NIU, and then NIU beating Buffalo with a late touchdown to the end of the game. To win the MAC championship, to win the MAC championship, and get the job done. So then you have last week, and it was a beautiful Tuesday morning when I woke up to the news that Bowling Green has found their head coach. Now remember, when I left you last two two weeks ago on a Tuesday, we found out that the guy, the special teams coordinator from Notre Dame, was going to be was in Bowling Green's interview for the job, and then he went on to Twitter, followed a bunch of the university's pages, bunch of the boosters, talked to some of the boosters, and then went back on the play. What I heard then is that Brian Kelly rejected him from going. 
So Mooseburger had to decide whether or not who would be their next guy. Well, last Tuesday, we found out. And Scott Leffler is the new head coach of Bowling Green State University football. Leffler is coming in. He's an offensive coordinator from Boston College University. He's got some stats to him. He has been in the game for a while, folks. He was a special teams assistant at Michigan with Tom Brady. Yes, I said Tom Brady, yes. He has worked with also Nick Saban as well at Michigan State as well. Leffler coming in. Coming into the co- coming into the home at Bowling Green. He is the 20th head coach of Bowling Green State University. And he was the former he was he was the former duty leader, head coach, and offensive coordinator at Boston College. Leffler's career, which spans back to being a student assistant during the 1996 season at Michigan University. So he knows Tom Brady. Includes South at Michigan, Central Michigan, Florida, Temple, Auburn, Virginia Tech, and Boston College. And he also spent a year as the quarterback's coach for the Detroit Lions. No, I like it. Leffler has coached seven quarterbacks who went on to play in the NFL, including Tim Tebow, Brian Carisi, Chad Henney, Drew Henson, John Navarre, Logan Tomlins, and a man by the name of Tom Brady. Yes. And Brady was in his wedding party. He also directed a potential running back attack in A.J. Delton, who was 12th ranked nationally this year. In 2018, he was at Boston College. The team scored 40 or plus points in four of its first five games, including 52 points in consecutive wins over UMass, Holy Cross, and the former coach of Bowling Greens, Dave Clawson, Wake Forest. The Eagles defeated Temple 45-35 and Louisville 38-20. The team ended their regular season at 7-5, including the 2018 season. Luffler's teams will have played 15 bowl games in the past 16 seasons. Uh, he said He said to um, Mooseberger, said, I'm thrilled that Scott, Arnie, Luke, Alexis, and Mary Elizabeth to join the BGSU family. And, and E... Amy graduated. His wife graduated from Bowling Green. Got her BA at Bowling Green. So there's that for you. Got her undergraduate degree at Bowling Green in 1999 and then a graduate degree in 2005 in chemistry. So Bowling Green gets the right man at the job. I think they did. And then today he announces he announced some of the coaches that are coming back for this upcoming year. And one of them is a familiar face to Bowling Green fans. Of course, he is bringing back defensive coordinator Carl Pellini. And that is great to see. Some of the coaches that he's bringing in for this uh, strength and conditioning notes will be Kevin Tolbert. A quarterback's coach is Max Warner. Uh, defensive coordinate, defensive coach is going to be Jacob 
Schoonover, wide receivers coach is Eric Campbell. Terry Malone will be on the offensive coordinator line. Running backs will be Chris Hedden. Of course, Louis Ardonzo will be a tight ends coach. Leffler, the head coach. And like I said, Carl Pelini, the former interim coach of Bowling Green, is now the defensive coordinator for the university. So, Leffler's got a good bunch of kids and a good bunch of people, in my opinion, that can mold these guys. And he's got to do a lot of recruiting. He's already got a pickup. He got a couple of pickups in recruiting already. And uh, Leffler is, you know, he's getting the job done. You know, his era is as the new coach is is pretty big, and he's gotta he's gotta get the right players in the right state of mind. Dieter and uh, excuse me, not Dieter. Uh, Deggy has to be the quarterback. He's got to make his case on him. Got to make his case on him. Got to make his case. But they've got a recruit already announced. Caden uh, Colson announced that he received an offer from Bowling Green State University from Coach Luffler. So there's that for you. So Bowling Green. Making the man, getting the job done, picking the right man at the job. So Bowling Green's got their head coach. We'll see what happens. Uh, recruiting is happening as we speak. Uh, signing day is coming up in the spring. Uh, we'll see what he what we look like in the spring as well too with his recruit with the recruits that we have already. Carl's going to have his guys in there as well too. So we'll see. It's a new era in Bowling Green football, and it is truly, truly a pleasure to be doing the podcast, and we're going to go along with the ride with it as Bowling Green's new head coach takes a chance. And we'll talk about the other team on this side of the town before I get to this right here. As you're listening to All in the Offer today right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcasts Now, however you're listening to me tonight, today, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program. And now we're going to talk about the bowl games in the college football spectrum. You'll hear the New Year's Six. You'll also hear my predictions. Yes! We're diving into it already. We're diving into the predictions for the college football season. So we get now into it. It's that time of year, folks. College football's premier year. Premier time. It's time for bowl season. Yes, bowl season. We are two weeks away from the start of bowl season. Yes, the 18th of December starts bowl season. And let's get right into it. And let's start with the bowl games that are happening starting December 15th. This will be next Saturday. A big slate of games. The Armed Forces Reserve Bowl Celebration Bowl. North Carolina A&T taking on Acorn State. Noon on ABC. I will take Acorn State in that game. New Mexico Bowl. North Texas taking on Utah State. 2 p.m. kickoff there in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We have to take Utah State. The Auto Nation Cure Bowl. Tulane versus Louisiana. I will take Tulane in that game. The Mitsubishi Motor Las Vegas Bowl. The famous Las Vegas Bowl that the University of Toledo first played in. 
Fresno State and Arizona State 330 kickoff on ABC. I will take Fresno State. The Raycom Media Camellia Bowl. Eastern Michigan, the home team taking on Georgia Southern. 530 kickoff on ESPN in Montgomery, Alabama. I'll take the Eagles in that game. And then you have the RL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Middle Tennessee versus Appalachian State, 9 p.m. at Mercedes-Benz Superdome. I will take Middle Tennessee in that game. December 18th is the Fres- uh, DXL Frisco Bowl at Frisco, Texas at the Toyota Stadium. San Diego State taking on Ohio. I will have San Diego State in that game. The Chileros Boca Raton Bowl. UAB versus Northern Illinois, the defending the MAC champions. NIU taking on UAB. I like UAB. They've been they're just coming back. They won their conference championship. I take UAB over that one. Uh, December twentieth is the Bad Boy Mowers Gaspala Bowl at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. Marshall versus South Florida. I'll take South Florida in that one. Then here is this one. December 21st, the Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl. Florida International University versus the Toledo Rockets in Nassau, Bahamas at Thomas A. Robinson National Stadium. Okay, and I have to get to this. Why in God's name... Does Toledo get the benefit of a good bowl game in the Bahamas Bowl? They finish 7-5. and five. And my producer is looking at me like, don't bring it up. I'm going to say it. This is all about money and recruitment and for benefit of the players. I did not. This is an outrage. The University of Toledo does not deserve to go to this bowl game. They deserve to go to the next bowl game that I'm going to talk about. I hope FIU destroys Toledo. Do you think that Toledo, all the you know all the fans of Toledo are going to go to the Bahamas? Half the players don't even have, uh, have visas to go into the Bahamas. And you give them that bowl game. You give them that bowl game. When I heard about them getting that bowl game, which is last weekend, last weekend, I heard that and I was like, you got to be kidding me. They're going to the Bahamas Bowl. They deserve to go to the freaking Idaho Potato Bowl. Hell, they deserve to go to the Clorox Toilet Bowl, in my opinion. This season has been a joke. They should have won. They should have been at the MAC championship for the MAC West. But no, no. Eastern Michigan was there. NIU was there this year in that division. And Toledo cannot get the job done. They couldn't get past Buffalo, which is the MAC East champion. They couldn't beat Eastern Michigan. They beat the hell out of NIU this year, but they couldn't get the job done. And you reward them with going to the Bahamas Bowl. 
You gotta be kidding me. If I would, like I said two weeks ago, if I was Matt Candle, I would not take a bowl game because the players don't deserve it. The coaching staff doesn't deserve it. The fans don't deserve it. It's a good group of senior class that needs that goes out pretty well with Cody Thompson and that. But to give them the Bahamas Bowl, that's outrageous. It, I, I just don't get it. I, I, I just don't get it. Why in God's name? Why in God's name would you give them, give them that bowl game? I, I, I just don't see it. I hope FIU wins, but I'm rooting for the Mac as well, too. So Toledo would be okay. But I think FIU will win that game. The Idaho Potato Bowl will be feature BYU hosting Western Michigan. 4 o'clock kickoff on that one, Friday the 21st of December. I will take BYU in that game. The 22nd of December sees the Jared Birmingham Bowl, Memphis at Wake Forest. This is a toss-up game for me. I will take Memphis in the game or Wake Forest. The Lock Martin Armed Forces Bowl. It will be the Army hosting Houston. I'm taking the Army in that one. And this weekend, of course, Army-Navy happening this weekend. I will take the Navy to win against the Army. Dollar General Bowl sees Buffalo versus Troy. I will take in, in Mobile, Alabama. I will take Buffalo in that game. The Hawaii Bowl sees Hawaii taking on Louisiana Tech at Loa Stadium. I will take Hawaii in that one. Then we get to past Christmas. The 26th is the Service Bowl, First Responders Bowl, Boston College at Boise State. At the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, I will take Boise State in that game. Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit at Ford Field. It will have the Minnesota Golden Gophers taking on Georgia Tech. I think this is a good game if you want to go up to see a good football game. A good Georgia Tech team. This is a good chance. I will take Georgia Tech in the game. But it would be also kind of a return for P.J. Fleck to Michigan after leaving Western Michigan with his Minnesota Golden Gophers. The Cheez-It Bowl sees TCU versus California. 9 p.m. at Chase Field where the Arizona Diamondbacks play at. I will take TCU in that game. The 27th sees the Walk-Ons. Independence Bowl. Duke at home. Duke taking on Temple in Shreveport, Louisiana. I will take Duke in that game. The New Era's Pinstripe Bowl sees Miami, Florida taking on Wisconsin at Yankee Stadium. With the cold weather, I'm going to take Wisconsin in that game. The Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl sees Baylor versus Vanderbilt. I will take Baylor in that game. The 28th of December sees Franklin America's Mortgage Music City Bowl in Nashville, Tennessee. Purdue versus Auburn. Tyler Strong, I think it's going to end with Auburn beating Purdue. The Camping World Bowl sees West Virginia taking on Syracuse in Orlando, Florida at Camping World Stadium. I will take the Mountaineers of West Virginia to beat Syracuse and Dino Babers. Alamo Bowl sees Washington State taking on Iowa State 9 p.m. At, at, in San Antonio. I will take Matt Candle, Campbell and the Iowa State Club. The 29th, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. The number 10th ranked Florida Gators take on the 7th ranked Michigan Wolverines. 
at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Get that chicken ready. Get those waffle fries ready. That's going to be a good game. And I think Michigan will get the job done and beat Florida. The Belkin Bowl in Charlotte, North Carolina. South Carolina versus Virginia. I will take Virginia in that game. That will be one of the one shocker. Nova, Home Loans, Arizona Bowl. Arkansas State versus Nevada. I will take Nevada in that game. Uh, and then you get to the college football playoff semifinals on the 29th. I'll be for the Cotton Bowl, the second-ranked Clemson Tigers taking on the third-ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Four o'clock kickoff in Arlington Stadium in Texas. This game is a toss-up for me. I think Dabo is going to be getting his revenge Next year when Clemson plays Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame will get the job done. That is my one upset, true upset of the college football playoff. I think Clemson will go down to Notre Dame. Alabama versus Oklahoma. This is going to be a good game in Miami, Alabama, and Oklahoma. In the Capital One Orange Bowl, 8 o'clock kickoff. I, I think it's Alabama. Plain and simple. Alabama versus Notre Dame. It's going to be a rematch of the national championship from a few years ago. New Year's Eve. You have Cincinnati and Virginia Tech in the Military Bowl in Annapolis, Maryland. I will take Cincinnati in that one. The Hyundai Sun Bowl. Stanford versus Pittsburgh. Take Stanford in that game. The Red Box Bowl. 3 o'clock kickoff at Santa Clara, California. You'll see the Oregon Ducks host playing as the home team against the Michigan State Spartans. They'll take quack quack in that game. Arizona State, uh, excuse me, AutoZone, Liberty Bowl sees Missouri versus Oklahoma State, 345 kickoff for that one in Memphis, Tennessee. I have Oklahoma State in that game. San Diego State Credit Holiday Bowl, Northwestern. It's a pretty good bowl game. They'll be playing against Utah on FS1. I think uh, I think Northwestern will get the job done in that one. And the Gator Bowl to close it all out on New Year's Eve. NC State at Texas A&M, 730 kickoff in Jacksonville, Florida. I will te- take Texas A&M. And now you get to the New Year's Six Bowls. The New Year's Six Bowls. Starting at noon, the Outback Bowl, Mississippi State versus Iowa. I like Iowa in their game. I'll take Iowa in that one. The VARBO Citrus Bowl in Orlando, Kentucky, taking on Penn State. I'll take Penn State in that game. 11th-ranked LSU takes on 8th-ranked UCF in Glendale, Arizona at 1 o'clock in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. I'm going to take LSU in that game, which sets up the big game. The All-State Sugar Bowl, 15th-ranked Texas taking on 5th-ranked Georgia. I will take Georgia in that game. It sets up the pose, the final game for Urban Meyer as the sixth-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes take on the ninth-ranked Washington Huskies. All the drama, I'm going to take Ohio State. And that is the college football playoff system and the bowl system, which sets up Alabama versus Notre Dame. Plain and simple for me. Nick Saban gets the job done and gets another national championship.
So you're listening to Only in the Elf for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcasts Now, however you're listening to me today and tonight, wherever you're listening to me today and tonight, thank you for tuning into the program. And now let's hit the ice. It's been a while. Let's talk some hockey right here on Only in the Elf for tonight. Let's hit the ice and talk a little bit about what's happening in the NHL. I want to talk about a certain team out of the capital city here in Columbus in just a little bit. But first, before we begin, before we continue on, uh, had an opportunity last Tuesday, which was the 26th of November, to go back up to Detroit to see the Jackets play the Red Wings for the final time. And we used the SeatGeek app, of course, to get our tickets. We got... Two seats, I kid you not, for 13 bucks to see the Blue Jackets play the Red Wings. It cost me more to park. It cost me more to eat and drink in the arena than my tickets alone. And there was not that many people on a Monday night at Little Caesars Arena to see the Jackets and the Red Wings. There really wasn't. And it was great to see. Good to see, you know, a good hockey game. The, and it was a good game. Really was a good game. Really was a good game. And Detroit battled back, had an opportunity to take the lead in the third period, could not get the job done. And the Jackets prevailed by beating the Red Wings 7-5. to But to me, for you Red Wing fans, is this. You've got a lot of young talent on your team. You've got a lot of good young talent. You just need consistency with that. And you're, you're maybe two years away from winning a champion, getting into back into the playoff hunt, but it's a long rebuild. This is a long rebuild. And a lot of you fans that were at the game were harassing me and Amanda, my girlfriend, the misses, as I call her, here on the program. Well, how many playoffs? There was this woman harassing me and her. How many Stanley Cups does the Blue Jackets have? How many uh, conference championships do they have? How many blah blah? Look, we don't care. We're there to support our team. We were wearing the jerseys. We love the game of hockey. We went. We went. It was a spur of the moment idea. We went. We had a great time. Absolutely a fantastic time. So, we're going to the playoffs. We'll probably be going to the playoffs, hopefully. We were 9-4-1 in November. And then this past Saturday night, we laid an egg. Laid a big old egg. And lost. And now, tonight we are playing Calgary. Game's underway right now in 200 West Nationwide Boulevard. But we'll talk about, let's talk about the standings. In the Atlantic Division right now, Tampa's in first place with a record of 27 and 1 with 41 points. Toronto's in second place at 19, 8 and 0 with 38 points. They're playing Buffalo tonight. And Buffalo is 17-8-3 with 37 points. So it's a good second, third place matchup right there. In the Metropolitan Division, 
the defending Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals are in first place at 15, 8, and 3 with 33 points. The Blue Jackets right behind them at 15, 9, and 2 with 32 points. The Islanders, 13, 9, and 3 with 29 points. And that was a good game against the Jackets and the Islanders. Back at Nassau Coliseum, getting the fans back into the thing. And I hope that they keep that team there in Nassau. I really do. Because that building is absolutely looking beautiful with the remodel that they did with it. Wildcard standing looks like this. Boston is in first place in the wildcard rankings at 14-8-4 with 32 points. The Canadians are 12-10-5 with 29 points holding the second spot. On the outside looking in, the Rangers are 13-12-3 with 29 points. The Hurricanes 12-10-4 with 28 points. Ottawa 12-12-3 with 27 points. Detroit 12-12-3 with 27 points. Pittsburgh 10-10-5 with 25 points near the bottom of the division. Florida is 10, 10, and 5 with 25 points as well. The Flyers 11, 12, and 2 with 24 points. And the Devils at 9, 12, and 5 with 23 points. Western Conference looks like this. Uh, Nashville in first place at 19, 8, and 1 with 39 points. The Colorado Avalanche are 16, 6, and 5 with 37 points. Winnipeg is 20 with 26 games played at 16, 8, and 2 with 34 points. Pacific Division sees the Calgary Flames, who are playing the Blue Jackets tonight, 16-9-2 with 34 points in first place. The Anaheim Ducks are 14-10-5 with 33 points. San Jose is 13-10-5 with 31 points. Wildcard standings look like this. It is Dallas at 15-10-3 with 33 points. Minnesota 14-10-2 with 30 points. Vegas now making the late charge on the outside looking in at 14-13-1 with 29 points. Edmonton 13-12-2 with 28 points. Arizona 12, 11, 2 and with 26 points. Vancouver 11, 15 and 3 with 25 points. The Chicago Blackhawks at 9, 14 and 5 with 23 points. They played 28 games so far this year. St. Louis 9, 13 and 3 with 21 points. And the Kings rounding it out at 10, 16 and 1 with 21 points. And it was announced today the biggest non-cap secret in all the league in the NHL, Seattle. Is coming to the NHL. Welcome to the NHL, Seattle. Starting in the 2021-22 season, the Seattle team that will be named in the next couple of years will be a part of the NHL. And so that means realignment will be here for you happening. These three conference teams will say the same, with Seattle being the 32nd team in the country in the in the comp in the league. Realignment is needed. The Arizona Coyotes will now be going to the Central Division. And Seattle will be coming in the Pacific Division. So that you'll have that Pacific Corridor full of teams of Vancouver, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, San Jose, L.A., Anaheim, and Seattle. Central Division will be Arizona, Chicago, St. Louis, Minnesota, Winnipeg, Dallas, and and Nashville. So that'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the league. Uh, hopefully, this will this will work out for them. But the bad news today out of all of this is that Quebec's not going to get a team, and that's starting to piss me off. The thirty second team in the league becomes the Seattle Seattle's team, and you know, hockey in that in that part of the country. It's either going to work or it's not going to work. And I don't know if it's going to work. 
Seattle's one of those beds that there's like, uh, you know, we it could it could work, but it could also not work. And here's my thing. With Arizona now moving to the Central Division, this now opens up a possibility for me to think about. Talk about relocation. I think Arizona is the team that's going to move. They can't struggle with the building. Ownership doesn't want to be there. Where would you move the franchise? Arizona has not won a championship. Used to be the Winnipeg Jets. You move Arizona, in my opinion, and don't hate me for this, I'll get. I'll be getting these tweets from you guys. I know it. I know it for a fact. I think Houston would be a good spot for them. The building is there. Ownership wants to get back into the NHL, and I, I know Houston could support it. I think Houston would be a great spot to, to flip the Arizona Coyotes to the to Houston. And then you get more. You'll get the rivalry between Dallas and Houston. You'll get a team that can be. You can cater to more towards Louisiana. You can carry towards more towards Arkansas more. So yeah, I would I would suggest I would suggest Arizona to go to go to Houston, and Quebec deserves a team. Gary, they deserve a team more than anything. They bring in people. The building is beautiful there. The fans want it back there. So move. Either Florida or Tampa. No, move Florida more or less. You take Arizona to Houston, Florida up to freaking Quebec. Make it happen. Let's get it done. Get the job done. And the Board of Governors, if you want to listen to fans, listen to me. We are sick and tired. Florida can't even draw people in. For a, for the Devils, they can't even draw in fans for their for the in-state rival against Tampa. And you mean to tell me that that's a, a livable franchise? Give me a break. Give me an honest break. It's a damn joke. An absolute damn joke. Give Florida the opportunity to move and move them to Quebec where the fans deserve it. They deserve a hockey team in Quebec. They deserve a franchise there. They absolutely deserve a franchise there. Other games on the docket tonight besides the Jackets taking on Carolina. Winnipeg is in the island to take on the New York Islanders. Boston is in Florida to take on the Panthers. It will be also the Canadiens hosting the Ottawa Senators. Detroit is in Little Caesars Arena to take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Colorado is in Pittsburgh to take on the Penguins. You also have Toronto in Buffalo to take on the, the Sabres. That game at NBCSN game. Late games look like this. It will be Washington is in Vegas to take on the Golden Knights. A rematch. Of the, of the Stanley Cup from last year. Also, Minnesota is at Vancouver, and Arizona is on the road to take on 
the LA Kings. Tomorrow, stack of the games. It is a Wednesday night rivalry games. A doubleheader for you. It'll be the Anaheim, it'll be the Edmonton Oilers taking on the St. Louis Blues. That's an 8 o'clock drop, 10.30 drop as well. It's Chicago and Anaheim to take on the Ducks. 10.30 sees San Jose hosting Carolina. After the Jackets play Calgary, they will then host and go on the road to take on the Philadelphia Flyers on Thursday night. Toronto hosts the Red Wings next on Thursday night. And then we get back to Friday's games. Uh, short light of games, of course. St. Louis is in Winnipeg. It will be Minnesota is in Edmonton. Dallas hosting San Jose. And Carolina is in Anaheim. So that's the slate of the NHL games and the NHL news and notes to pass along to you. But like I said, Quebec deserves a team, Gary. Give them an opportunity and give them a chance. Absolutely. As you're listening to all Andy Elford tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me tonight, thank you for tuning in. Let's dive into the NFL really quickly. Uh, first and foremost, before we begin, I want to discuss about the Kareem Hunt situation. This young man, in my opinion, was an outstanding citizen until I saw this video. I thought, great representation for the University of Toledo. Great representation for, you know, the game itself. You know, Matt Cantle did a great job with it. And then the video surfaces of him kicking, pushing, putting his hands on a woman that wanted to sleep, that didn't want to sleep with one of his friends. First of all, Kareem, why? Why? In God's name, why? You don't do that in this society nowadays. You really don't. You really don't do that in the society today. And the thing is, you had a lot going for you. You should have confronted this with the team when it happened in February. It happened in February in a, in a Cleveland hotel. Now, when I heard it happened in a Cleveland hotel, I thought it was the week when he came back to, when they came to play in Cleveland this past season. I thought it was. And I was like, damn, that was a, that's quick to find that out really quick. Then we find out it's back in February. He's out of the NFL. I don't think anybody's going to pick him up. I really don't. It's another Ray Rice situation. I, I, I just don't see it. I really don't see him coming back into the NFL in any capacity whatsoever. He might be in the CFL. He might, he might, he might even provide in the in the in the arena league but I, I I just don't see him being back in the NFL if a team picks him up they're gonna have that backlash from a lot of lot of the women's groups and a lot of domestic groups that you know promote against domestic violence especially against women I I, I, I just I just don't see it I really just don't see it I think he's I think he's done out of the NFL. It's it's hard it's hard for me to say that it's really hard for me to say that because this kid is a young t- kid and he is he is in dominant he's in a dominant fashion right now an absolute dominant fashion he was leading the league in rushes he was helping out Andy Reid in Kansas City 
and the opportunity that they had to possibly go to a championship, an AFC championship game. And then this happens. Absolutely. Absolutely embarrassing. So, but the thing is, it's not Matt Candle's fault. It's not the University of Toledo's fault. So, Terry Bradshaw, you, you, you absolute corncob kissing, Tampa Bay butt kissing, bloated bag of wind. Listen here. The University of Toledo is a great university. It's a fantastic university. And you know, even though I rag on it all the time, I have a lot of friends that went to the university. I know a lot of people that have graduated from the university. They're not all domestic violence people. He got into the wrong situation with the wrong group of people, and this is what's happening. This is absolutely what's happening. So, I had nobody to blame but himself for this. And the tape don't lie. In the words of Dan Patrick, tape don't lie. If you're caught on camera... If you're on caught on camera doing that, then you're gone, in my opinion. You're absolutely gone. And, and, and the fact that he did this, and you know, it was caught on security camera, and then you also had the body camera from the, the woman who was who was attacked by the police officer, that, that right there tells you you're in trouble. Absolutely, you're in trouble. But, you know, I, there's not a we shall see what happens. It's a guarantee that you're not coming back into the league any time soon. So let's talk a little bit more about the NFL. Let's talk about the Lions. What is there to say about the Lions? An absolutely... Poor performance on Thanksgiving, in my opinion, against the Bears. And by the way, yes, I am going to sing the Bears fight song for you guys later on this week on the show. Probably be the Friday edition when you hear my NFL predictions. Yes, we are doing a Friday show, but I'll make mention of it here in just a little bit about Friday's show. And then this week, this past week, they played against the Rams. Now, I knew we weren't going to win that football game. I knew we weren't going to win. It was just about how this team was going to perform against a dominant team, which are the Rams. And the factor is this. The Rams are great. They're going to win. And I think the, 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 the road to the Super Bowl in the a- NFC is going to have to go through L.A. Play it simple. Gurley. And crew are there. But the performance that they got was just... It was downright pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. And and now I'm hearing rumors of... Matthew Stafford wanting to be traded. Matthew Stafford on the trading block. You know... We'll see. We used to see what happens. But we'll see. We know one factor is that the Browns are in turmoil. And like I said, McCarthy is gone. 
wouldn't it be something if he came to the Browns? And if I was Jimmy Haslam, I'd go after him hard uh, with a hard push. Because of the fact that he's got a reputation of getting to the champion, getting to building a great legacy, a great team, building a great draft stock, and leading the team into winning, winning page. I mean, because they're not getting the job done with the interim that they got right now. And the fact that they beat Cincinnati the week before they got destroyed by Houston absolutely astounds me. Absolutely destroying Cincinnati. And then you get into playing Houston, and I thought, when I, I picked Cleveland, I still do my picks, even though we, we, we haven't done a show in a while on a Friday. For me, the factor is this. The factor is this. Why in God's name can you put up big numbers against Cincinnati and then a team that Houston that's horrible this year, you give up two, three interceptions. Baker. I just, I, I just don't get it. I honestly don't get it. But you know that's the that's the way the Browns are. That is just the way the Browns are, folks. In the words of the of one of my favorite artists, Katy Perry, they're hot and they're cold. They're yes and they're no. They're never in the playoffs. They're always out. But you know, we shall see. And we're getting closer and closer to the end of the season, so. And technically, the Browns are still in a hunt for a wild card spot. I'll see that when it happens. That'd be cold day in hell before the the Browns make the playoffs. I mean, it's cold out now, but it's there's no chance. We'll dive more into the NFL this upcoming Friday on All Andy Elford. So, on on the Friday edition of All Andy Elford, but like I said. The Browns, yet again, laying an egg against Houston. It's not that great of a team. And then the Lions is being absolutely destroyed by the Rams. Unbelievable. As you're listening to all Andy Elford today right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me today and tonight, wherever you're listening to me today and tonight, Thank you for tuning into the program. And now let's head into the end of... We're heading to the end of the program. And it's time for Andy Rants. Well, this is the Andy Rants section of the program tonight. Right here on the Anchor Network. And of course, uh, before I begin, I want to say thank you for tuning into the program tonight. And thank you for your continuous support of the program. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, well, what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do shows every now Tuesday and Friday, right here on the Anchor Network. And yes, we are back after a week off, of course. We will be doing these shows for the next two weeks, of course. The week of Christmas, we have a uh, we will have a show that following Sunday, the 23rd. We will not do shows the 24th, or the, uh, excuse me, the 25th. But we will be back on the air on the 28th of December. So that is your calendar for updates. And I want to make mention of this now as well. Since this is... since the end of the college football season has commenced and the end of the end of the BG season of course we're not going to be doing any more uh, 
we'll be still doing Frock and Friday shows, of course, but it will not be on Facebook Live anymore. Um, we'll continue to do the show right here on the Anchor Network, and uh, we will do the shows every Tuesday and Friday right here on the network, of course. But um wanted to make mention of this as well to the walleye back into action tonight, tomorrow morning as they take on the Cincinnati Cyclones. 10.30 puck drop for that one. I'm looking forward to seeing a good friend of mine and a good friend of the shows. Of course, Everett Fitzhugh will be joining, will be in the building, and I'll get a chance to talk with him and get a, get a chat with him. Hopefully, maybe I could do a, a little bit of a segment, maybe drop a little bit of ECHL knowledge and here give you his opinion about the league and the league standings as well as about his Cyclones and about our walleye as well, too. So hopefully I could get a comment from him. Tomorrow on the program, tomorrow on at the arena, and um, looking forward to seeing my good friend Everett. So tonight's Andy Rants is this it is that time of year, folks. Friday, December the seventh. Of course, it is not only Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day, of course, but it's also the tradition here in Northwest Ohio, and that is the old Newsboys. Newsboys will be handing out the handing out newspapers. For donations, I strongly, strongly recommend you picking up one of those. It helps out all the good causes. The Newsboys have helped us in the past, helped my family in the past. They can, they have helped out so many families in this community. I urge you to give out as much as you can. As if, if you only have a few, if you see them out there on Friday, handing out papers. If you have a couple dollars or you know a few cents. Throw it in there. Throw it in as well as throwing it into the Salvation Army tilt. Because the holidays, a lot of people struggle with this time of year. True, it is the season of giving and the season of you know of merriment. But a lot of people struggle with gifts and putting food on the table and deciding whether or not it is worthy to give that Christmas gift or feed it feed a family for another week i ask you to give to your local communities your your local food shelters food banks salvation army i know uh 13 abc here in the local community and and as well as channel 11 doing toy drives take part in that because it all stays here locally it helps out local families it helps out local kids because that's what the season is about not only because of Jesus' birth and the reason that it's called Christmas because it's Christmas, but it's also it's the reason for the season because of a joy of a child's gift. The joy of giving a gift to a child is absolutely amazing. I had the opportunity a few years ago to give out toys and... To see their eyes when they get that gift and see the happiness and the glow and the warmth that they get, it really puts a, really puts a, you know, it really touches you in your heart. So I ask you to go out, make a donation, give a gift, and reach out because holidays are for kids and the joy of this holiday season is in a child's eyes. When they get that gift and they see Santa Claus and they see that Christmas tree and Christmas lights. So, make a gift. 
I would suggest either the Salvation Army or especially this Friday if you're in the Northwest Ohio area, the Newsboys out giving out a donation. So there's that little bit of a help out for them. But let's dive into Andy Rance. The fact that this, before I even dive into that, the community has come out in strong support of for the kids. With this past Saturday being the walleye game, over 3,000 bears, 4,000 bears tossed on the ice for children's charities. I want to thank, thank the fans for that. So, like I said, give the gift that keeps on giving. Joy of Christmas is not just in your heart, but in the heart of everyone around the community. So tonight's Andy Rance is of this. We have seen the ups and downs of this Blue Jacket season for us fans. We have seen the greatness that this team has. The other dominance that this team has gotten. And now it's time to make the decision. Do we want to keep Bob or do we want to keep Pernarin both? Or shop one and keep one. In my opinion, it's a simple suggestion. I think you got to keep Sergei Bobrovsky. But as of late, he is not the same Bob as it is. He has struggled as of late. Giving up the five goals against, against Detroit last Monday. And then giving up four this past Saturday. Has really opened my eyes up to Bob a little bit. But in my opinion, he is still the face of a franchise. Panarin is a dime a dozen player. You can get another Ford. And there will be plenty of Fords in the free agency market when it comes up. Sure, Austin Matthews is going to ask for big money. He's going to be a leaf for, for a while. But the way that Mitch Martyr's deal comes down, getting the $16 million on his first year, from his new deal. Tells me that Panarin's going to be looking for something like that. And in my opinion. I have to kick the bread out. And drop the carbs. Because. Bread's got to go. Plain and simple. He hasn't been performing as of late either. And I think. It's time to shop. Bread. For a police officer. Plain and simple. What's your opinion about it? It'll be a poll question on our Twitter account. Should the Jackets keep Bob? Keep Panarin? Get rid of both? Or keep one or the other? We'll have it on our Twitter account. It'll be posted tonight after the show is done. So, that's Andy Rance for you this evening. We'll be back on the air this upcoming this upcoming Friday, the 7th of December 2018. And remember, don't forget to go out and buy a Newsboys paper on Friday. Help out the great cause here in the Northwest Ohio area as well as in your community, wherever you get the Newsboys papers. Until next, until this Friday, I am Andy Elford and say I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life, keep your stick on the ice. And to the team's 
that I root for? The Jackets. Go Jackets! The Walleye. Go Walleye. And for tomorrow, go Cyclones. Go Falcons. Go Falcons. Go Spartans. Go State. Go Ohio State. And go Lions. And go Browns. Victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great week, everybody. I'll talk to you guys on Friday for another edition of All the Offer right here on the Anchor Network. Love you. Talk to you then. This has been a presentation of All Andy Alfred on the All Andy Alfred Network, powered by Anchor.